Good day, Bravo lovers. Welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Of course, I am your host and your only host, Jared B. I hope all of you had a fantastic weekend. I had another great weekend. Friday night, I stayed in, I poured myself a glass of rosé, lit some candles, and started on season two of The Bear on Hulu, which is one of my favorite TV shows right now. It's a dark comedy. It's so, 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 so good. If you have not seen The Bear, go watch The Bear on Hulu after you listen to this podcast. Um, Like I said, it's on its season two. Let me tell you something. I know how to choose a television show. My friends know if they want a good show to watch, come to me. Because the shows I recommend, not that awards mean anything, but the the shows I recommend get nominated for Emmys, get nominated for Golden Globes. They they win Emmys. Get, they win Golden Globes. So, you know, I, I, I happen to feel like I have great taste in television, you know, and many of my friends would agree. But, you know, this is not what this podcast is about. So, yeah, Friday, stayed in. Watch the first five episodes of The Bear. Don't judge me. Each episode is only 30 minutes long. Um, Saturday, my Aunt Tracy, she got married. Uh, so went to our house for her wedding. Was there for a couple of hours. Ate some great food. And then went uh, to my friend Torin Wade's house. Uh, they had people over for a joint birthday. And that was a great time. I stayed there for a couple of hours. We took shots. I took shot. I took a shot. Of, I think I took three shots of tequila and one shot of Crown Royal Vanilla, which is delicious, dangerously delicious, because you don't really taste the alcohol. It just tastes like vanilla ice cream. <laughs> it's so good. But again, <laughs> you're not here for a recap of my weekend, but you know, I, I want to be a little bit personal and talk about my life and not just get down to the nitty gritty, you know, of Bravo. But, uh, let me stop wasting your time. Let's get into the real housewives of Atlanta. So we have season 15, episode 8, titled Roller Skates and Blind Dates. So this episode, um, it was a bit of a filler episode. Nothing major happened, but uh, I found this episode to be quite entertaining and hilarious. So we start off with the first scene. This is at Drew Sedora's house. Drew has a friend over, and she's very excited to show off her dance moves that she's learned for her upcoming music video. Drew, <laughs> she asked Alexa to play Already Know by Drew Sedora, and Alexa's, Alexa said back, Who that? <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> Who is Drew Sedora? <laughs> but Drew had to say it the other way. Please play a song by Drew Sedora titled Already Know. She had to say it in a way to get Alexa to recognize what she was asking for. I think Alexa originally uh, was like, uh, hmm, I can't find Already Know by Juice World." That cracked me up. <laughs> Give it up for Alexa for unintentionally making me laugh. But then the music came on. You know, Drew Sedora's song, Already Know. Uh, if you're interested, go stream it because uh, it's probably still at 30,000 streams. And, you know, 
she might need the numbers, but who knows? So the music came on. Uh, Drew can't remember the choreography. (laughs) And then Ralph comes downstairs and Drew shares that her mom and her sister are coming to visit. And Ralph is a bit icy. He's unenthused about this announcement that her mom and her sister is coming to visit. Not unenthused about Drew's mom, but unenthused about Drew's sister. Drew shares that her older sister used to manage her up until her mental health break before uh, COVID. Uh, In this moment, see, I I have these moments when people on the show share personal details about other family members that are not on the show. So my question to you, my listeners, was that information Drew's story to share? Like, should she have shared that her sister had a mental health break and had to be hospitalized? Like, is that something that her sister should have shared herself? I don't know her sister. I don't follow her sister on social media if she is on there. I don't know if she shared her story publicly. But in my personal opinion, I don't really like when cast members talk about their family and maybe drama or health issues, especially mental health issues, um, if that family member is not on the show. That's just how I feel about that. But we find out that Ralph banned her sister Allison from the house because she accused Ralph of being controlling, manipulative, uh, controlling and manipulative, um, Let's remember Drew alleges in her divorce filing with the Gwinnett County Court that Ralph is a serial cheater and financially abusive, among other things. I believe she mentioned manipulative. Um, So this is not really surprising to hear that Allison, Drew's older sister, clocked Ralph's behavior and called him out on it. Listen, Shout out to everyone who's not afraid to call people out on their BS, especially when you are in their domain. Just because you are in their house does not mean that they can treat you and speak to you, especially speak to a loved one like a sibling any way that's possible. Listen, sometimes you got to take your L. And listen, I have something in common with Allison, too. I, I too, am currently banned from a household. But don't ask me about it. I'm not here to mention it, even though I just did. Um, <laughs> so we move on to the next scene. This is She by Sheree at Chateau Sheree. So Sheree is working on She by Sheree. The producer in her confessional asked Sheree if she has made a profit yet, and Sheree's face, you guys. <laughs> Sheree's like, mm. she started scratching her neck, and she admits that she, by Sheree, is still in the red, uh, has not made a profit because she is pouring a lot of money into the business. But I personally feel like this is not uncommon for new businesses. Honestly, this podcast is a new business, and I am to pouring money into it, not yet making the not yet making anything back, but the intention is to. And you know, we are well on our way to getting there. Um so keep listening. <laughs> keep subscribing. Keep telling everyone about this podcast cuz it's working. Um but yes, she admits that she by Sheree is still in the red. She's pouring money into her business. She has not made a profit yet even after a year. And what I've heard is that sometimes it takes two to three years before you see a profit of a new business. Um, Then Sheree reaches out to Candy for a one-on-one conversation. And 
by the way, that conversation was very entertaining and hilarious. <laughs> um, and Sheree showed up to what I think is Chastain Park, I believe, because I don't live too far from there. I think I live like 12, 15 minutes. Sheree showed up to the park in high heel boots, I think Christian Louboutins, and a mink coat. And I don't think it got cold enough in Atlanta last fall or winter to wear a mink coat. We maybe had a handful of days where, oh no, wait, wait. We did have a freeze on like the weekend of Christmas Eve and like pipes were bursting in apartment buildings all around the city, including mine, my actual next door neighbor in my apartment. His apartment flooded. Um, and I helped him clear his stuff out of his apartment, the valuable stuff, so that would not get damaged. So it did get, and when I say cold, it was like negative 14 degrees outside with the wind chill. That's how cold it was. So I'll take that back. It did get a little chilly in the ATL that maybe would have warranted a mink coat. Okay, I take that back. So we move on to the next scene, and this is with Marla and Sanya. Marlo is doing an Instagram Live with some young ladies from the foster care charity that she works with. I have to say, side note, Marlo does not even... This is why I'm slightly frustrated. Even though I've been entertained by Marlo this season, I'm also frustrated by Marlo this season because Marlo does not need to have this forced drama with Candy because Marlo actually has a storyline. Dare I say a strong storyline this season. Marlo is taking care of her nephews. They are working with a life coach to strengthen their relationship and communication. Marlo's trying to expunge her record with the help of cousin Courtney. Marlo's starting to date. Like, Marlo is giving story. Marlo is giving enough, I feel, where Marlo does not have to, like, have these petty fights with Candy and, like, try to bring Candy into the murder of her late nephew. So Sanya tells Marlo that she feels like when she's around the other ladies, the other Marlo comes out, which I agree with. I agree with Sanya. I don't often agree with Sanya. See, in this moment, Sanya is doing a great job being a mediator. Um, I agree with Sanya. Marlo does much better in one-on-one situations, conversations. Like when Marlo has a conversation with Sanya, when Marlo has a conversation with cousin Courtney, when Marlo has a conversation with Sheree, it's pretty much the only three people on the cast where conversations go well when Marlo is in their company. Uh, But when she is hanging out with the ladies, if she's in a group setting and there's conflict going on, Marlo goes off the rails, with the exception of that Gucci brunch, because Marlo held herself together. But Marlo shares that she's gone on a blind date with the Jamaican. And Sanya says that Marlo needs to ask questions, important questions. And Marlo says, like, how much money he has in his bank account? What's his credit score? Whether you're in debt? Do you owe any money on your taxes? Do you believe in Chanel and Hermes? Listen, I believe these are valid questions for Marlo uh, 
to ask. Maybe not on the first date. That's a blind date. Like that's a that's a fourth date. That's a fifth date kind of question, not a first date. But you know, Marlo likes to get right into it because Marlo likes to be um, a kept woman, and I kind of feel like her mentioning you know money already kind of doesn't send a good look, especially when she has been accused of being a high-priced uh, hooker, prostitute, lady of the night, even though I don't believe Marlo is those things. Uh, she's only been accused of them, and Marlo has admitted that she has dated wealthy men, like, you know, a billionaire who was an older man who bought Marlo her house and bought Marlo's uh, mother a house. Um, but I don't judge Marlo for that. I don't judge her for that. So then we move on <laughs> to Sheree and Candy. Uh, they meet up for a one-on-one in the park. I believe Chastain Park, because that's what it looked like. And Sheree expresses that she doesn't appreciate the fact that Candy clowns she by Sheree, especially since Candy has such a big platform with her $10 million IG followers. I do wonder if Candy has the most followers of all the housewives past and present. I believe she does. 10 million Instagram followers is a lot for a housewife, even though like Candy is known outside of housewives. You know, let's remember Candy is uh, one fourth of a multi platinum selling R&B group from the 90s called Escape. So Sheree says that she's always been supportive of Candy and her businesses, which Candy agrees with. Then this conversation turns a little shady, but funny. Sheree's like, have you bought anything yet? And Candy's like, is there anything for sale? <laughs> and then Sheree's like, it's been on there for two months. Wait, 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 wait. She by Sheree launched last year the day of the part three of the reunion, season 14 of Royal Housewives of Atlanta. So I'm confused why Sheree is now saying, what, a year later, that the merch has been on the website for two months? Is she talking about like a new collection of merchandise? Or, yeah, I'm confused by that. I'm confused by that. Then Candy calls she by Sheree, she by Sheehan. Um, I've never shopped for Sheehan, but I've heard Sheehan a lot, especially from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And then those shady, shady editors put up a side-by-side -side showing the similarities between Sheree's clothes uh, from She by Sheree and Sheehan's clothes, as Candy would call She by Sheehan. And I have to say, they do look similar. They do. I'm not trying to knock She by Sheree. I'm not interested in anything from She by Sheree. Actually, that's a lie. Those leather or vegan leather duffel bags, I kind of like those, I, especially the black one. Um, so if there are any friends and family listening and you want to get me something for Christmas, um, I will take a She by Sheree duffel bag. <laughs> Thank you very much. And at the same time, we're supporting a business. So it kind of works out for not only Sheree, but me as well. So think about it, friends and family. Um, but after that hilarious back and forth, Candy apologizes to Sheree and Sheree accepts it. And that is the end of their one-on-one. <laughs> so we get... 
to Drew Sador's music video. Um, Drew doesn't know how to skate, but is keen on shooting a music video in a skating rink. I have to say that I, I can skate. My problem is stopping. I'm not proficient in stopping on rollerblades, roller skates. You know, they have that little nub at the front to try to stop. And I tried that once and like almost flipped over on the skating rink and hit my head. So now, I mean, I haven't gone skating in a while, but when I do go skating and I want to stop, I just like throw myself on the floor or I just run into the wall, um, you know, but I don't get injured. So don't worry about me. But, you know, if there's a way to stop, just run into the wall when you're skating. So then Candy says in her confessional, she says that Drew's music video is like a low-budget version, version, excuse me, of Beyonce's music video for her song, Blow, which, by the way, is an awesome music video and a great song. This is on Beyonce's fifth studio album, fifth solo album, self-titled Beyonce. I think Blow is like maybe song number four on the album. So if you have not heard the song, if you have not seen the music video, go YouTube Blow by Beyonce. Great music video. And you'll kind of see what Kenya is referring to. So then Ralph and Drew's sister, Allison, have like a genuine moment. Allison is truly happy for her sister doing the thing that she said she wanted to do. Apparently, Allison has been managing Drew basically her whole life. So when we saw Drew and White Chicks and when we saw Drew and um, what else was she in? Step Up, the first one. When she was in, I think Drew was in the game that was on BET. But I stopped watching the game once Tia Maori left because I watched for Tia Maori. Not for Drew Sedora and not for Brandy. No offense to Brandy. But so, yeah, Allison has been her manager throughout those things. And Allison got really emotional because she's happy to see her sister do the thing that they talked about doing. Allison and Drew, uh, Allison and Ralph have a great moment. Allison is crying. Ralph hugs Allison. I honestly thought in this moment Allison was going to say I apologize for the things that I said, but she didn't, which means she stands by it even while emotional. See, I like a person that stands with 10 toes firmly on the ground. Listen, if you believe a thing and you say that thing, stand by that thing. Don't apologize because someone's cut you out their life or banned you from their household. Stand your ground. And Allison has. And now, you know, Allison can have her sister back because Drew and Ralph are getting a divorce. But in that moment, that was a great moment for Drew, sister, Drew's sister, Allison and Ralph. Um, And yeah, Allison's crying. Their mom's crying. It, It was a beautiful family moment. But then we get to Marlo's blind date. So Mar- Marlo has, I guess, her driver pick her up from her place, her townhouse. Marlo's going on her blind date. I think I said that already. On her way to the blind date, she FaceTimes Sanya, who tells her that she was at Drew's music video shoot. 
Marla then decides to FaceTime Drew because she's kind of salty that Drew did not invite her. But let's remember, you know, Marla, you did curse her out at City Winery at Pont City Market and, you know, said F you. And then you said, my nephew is dead, bitch. Like, you know, that did happen. So like, and then there was that kind of that altercation between uh, Candy and Marlo at Beat the Bomb and Drew was kind of a third party to that altercation. So yeah, I don't know why Marlo is surprised that Drew did not invite her to the music video um, situation. But yeah, Marlo FaceTimes Drew and they kind of hash it out. This conversation starts off well. And then Drew says, you know, I feel like you're not showing up as a friend. And Marlo just hangs up. <laughs> She's like, hey, F that B. And then she starts talking a lot of crap about Drew. She says that Drew's body is shaped like a square. I think maybe S- SpongeBob SquarePants. Or maybe I just like added that on my own. Maybe it was just a square. Um, and then... Marlo says, your man doesn't even want you. He's too busy looking at this voluptuous body, even though she struggled with uh, saying voluptuous. But, you know, that could be a tongue twister. It can be. So I'll, I'll give Marlo a pass on that one. But this, my friends, is why Marlo can't keep a friend. She can make a friend, but I don't know if she can keep him because she started off friends with many of these housewives And uh, she does not have many left. To be honest, the only friends that she has on the show are like new housewives that have not experienced the last nine, ten years of Marlo, with the exception of Sheree. But I feel like at any moment, Sheree and Marlo can go at it, which we have not seen yet. But I feel like at any moment, Sheree and Marlo can go at it. Then Marlo's saying, you know, this man better be rich and sexy. I just feel like Marlo's talked about hoping this man is rich too many times. Marlo's too concerned about too, too many people's bank accounts, concerned about Candy's bank account, concerned about this man's bank account. I think his name is Scotley. Scotley. Even though he's Jamaican. But I believe, listen, there's a heavy Irish presence in Jamaica, if you did not know that. Um, so I, I, it's not necessarily, or maybe Sc- Scotly, is that like an Irish name or a Scottish name? Or is, just that, is that just a name that's made up? I don't know. But I know there is like a heavy Irish influence and British influence in Jamaica. So that's why I believe his name is Scotly. But Marlo pulls up to the restaurant and Marlo is concerned because it's in a strip mall. She's like, are we in a strip mall? Ooh, a strip mall for the first day. Oh, no. Marlo, don't judge a book by its cover. Because once we get on the inside of this restaurant at a strip mall, I believe the strip mall is uh, off of Buford Highway. It's like 25 minutes from me. The food looks delicious. The restaurant, it looks, uh, it has a great ambiance. It looks romantic. It looks well decorated. And the food looked fantastic. I did look up the menu like the fatty I am. And, you know, because I was like, oh, maybe I need to go to uh, Continental, I believe is the name of this restaurant at the strip mall. Um, you know, like I said, Marlo, don't judge a book by its cover. But like this was, this was a good date. 
I feel like they were vibing. There was some chemistry. There was also like kind of a friendship chemistry. Like if you have a longtime friend, but you're also a little flirty, that's kind of what it was giving me. I don't know if it was giving me relationship chemistry, maybe hit it and quit it. One night stand friends with benefits chemistry, but I don't know if relationship chemistry. And then the conversation turns a little sexual because, you know, I think some prawns come out on the table and um, Marlo was like, how am I supposed to eat this? And Scott Lee is like, you got to suck off the head. And he's like, she, Marlo's like, oh no, I'm cutting off the head. I'm not sucking off any head. And the juice gets in my mouth. And, you know, listen, it was a little, you know, a sexual fir- flirtation, a sexual banter. It wasn't inappropriate. It was funny. But then Marlo asked Scott Lee if there are any skeletons in his closet that he should know, that she should know about. And Scott Lee admits that he's done some time. Clink, clink. And Marlo was like, oh my gosh, me too. And I love that they bonded over the fact that they've both served six months in jail. Um, I love that for you, Marlo. I love that for you. Yeah. This, this was this was an easy, breezy episode. There was not much juice in this peach of an episode, but I enjoyed it. It was light. It was fun. There wasn't much drama. It was a filler episode. And unfortunately, listen, let me tell you something. I don't know what's going to happen with next week's podcast episodes because, of course, Fourth of July weekend is upon us. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, there's no new episode <laughs> on Sunday. Summer House Martha's Vineyard is over. So I feel like next week is only going to be the Real Housewives of Orange County. So take note, everyone. Don't be shocked that you only get one episode next week because, you know, Bravo T with Jared B is not in the place where we are booking interviews with Bravo celebrities back to back. Not yet. Stay tuned. I'm working on a little something. But yeah, next week is just going to be one episode. The Real Housewives of Orange County. It's probably going to be 30 to 40 minute episode, which I enjoyed. Last week's, I think Friday's episode, I enjoyed just having one show to talk about. But my cousin Grayson did mention at my Aunt Tracy's wedding, Grayson is the son of my Aunt Tracy and Uncle Cecil. Um, and <laughs> Grayson was like, uh, what's with the short podcast <laughs> episode? <laughs> and I was like, well, there's not much on anymore right now with Bravo. And he was like, well, maybe you should talk about Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which, you know, ugh, this season is so good. A below deck sailing yacht. And I mean, but even if I mention it, next week is the season finale of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. So literally, the only thing that's on right now is the Real Housewives of Orange County, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Project Runway. And I'm not talking about Project Runway. However, I believe the week after next, or maybe three weeks from now, Crappy Lake which is like uh, the Simple Life version on Bravo with Luann, Countess Luann, and Sonia Morgan does premiere. I think that comes on after The Real Housewives of Atlanta on Sunday. So I'm probably going to talk about that. We'll see how that goes. And then we also have The Real Housewives of New York City premiering on July 16th, which I am very excited about. So yes, things are dwindling down with the content when it comes to the podcast. However... 
However, there are more shows coming. I might recap Below Deck Down Under because that trailer looks very promising. Uh, my only concern is like I'm not I'm not a yachty, so I don't know like boat terms. Even though like my knowledge of boat terminology has you know raised a couple of levels because I've been watching Below Deck for several years now, but like I don't feel like I'm proficient enough in yachty talk and yachty vernacular to give you a great um, recap of Below Deck, but I'm considering it. I'm thinking about it because I want to give you some juice in this podcast. But let me let me stop talking because, uh, you know, we have to get to the Summer House Martha's Vineyard season finale. I'm so sad the show's over. I'm so sad. And I'm disappointed that they're not getting a reunion, even though I know OG Summer House did not have a reunion after their first season. But OG Summer House did not have a first season like Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Honestly, Summer House OG, their first season, was kind of forgettable. Even though I did watch, like, two months ago. I did rewatch season one. But, like, things on Summer House OG did not start warming up until, like, season two, season three, season four. So I feel like Summer House Martha's Vineyard definitely deserved a reunion because I feel like there's there was a lot to talk about. So, yeah. When we come back, we're going to get into Summer House Martha's Vineyard. You heard? All right. We have Summer House Martha's Vineyard. This is season one, episode eight, titled to Martha. And this is the season finale. I have to say, I really, really unexpectedly enjoyed this season of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I gotta be honest, I was not looking for a spinoff to Summer House. I was kind of fine with the Summer House we had, you know, OG Summer House. I wasn't looking for anything more, but I am pleasantly surprised and happy with what a treat the season of Summer House Martha's Vineyard gave us. They gave us drama. They gave us personal story. They gave us raw emotion. And they gave us fun. Like, it was a really... uh, And they gave us, like, history. Like, you know, a history lesson. They taught us things. Like, this was a really well-rounded show. So let me shut up. And get right to it. So we start off with the first scene. They're in the house. Uh, And of course, this episode gets started with Silas complaining that Jasmine didn't make him breakfast. Jasmine shares in her, her confessional that her mom and dad were never married. But the Huxtables from the Cosby show were the family that she idolized growing up. And I mean, if you're black, um, I'm not saying all black people idolize the Huxtables on the Cosby show, but like a lot of black people looked up to the Huxtables on the Cosby show. You had Claire Huxtable that was a lawyer, Heathcliff Huxtable that was a doctor, I think a OBGYN. Um, and they had these kids and, you know, it was a family unit and a family that had the tough discussions, had fun moments and, you know, parents that, weren't afraid to discipline their kids. I looked up to the Huxtables, and in my mind, 
I saw my family that I grew up with as the Huxtables and a different kind of way. Cause even though I didn't, you know, grow up with, I, you know, I was raised by my mother, single mother. Um, but you know, my mom's the youngest of like nine kids. So I grew up with, you know, around my grandmother, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, I lived in a multi-generational household. So because of that, I kind of felt like my family was like the Huxtables from the Cosby show. But moving on, um, Jasmine admits that she's struggling with uh, the role that she feels like she's supposed to play in her marriage to Silas. And I personally think it's possible that Jasmine is trying to recreate the marriage that she didn't grow up having. You know, sometimes when you grow up without something, you know consciously that this is something that you missed as a child and then you try to make sure make you know work extra hard uh to make sure that you end up having the life that you didn't have you know like say there are kids that didn't have a great relationship with a parent or both parents don't have a relationship with any parents you know when that child becomes an adult and it's time for them to have kids they may overcompensate for what they did not have growing up by trying to impose it on their current situation i don't know if i'm making sense i'm trying to make sense i hope that made sense (laughs) so silas says that on vacation he feels that they fell out of their routine. And I believe uh, the routine he's talking about is a routine where Jasmine is subservient to him. But I agree with Amir in his confessional. He's like, dude, get your ass in the kitchen and cook something yourself. Like, seriously. And Silas says that he's used to a regimented lifestyle structure. But I need Silas to realize that life is not the military. You can take the structure that you like from the military and apply it to your life. But no one wants a drill sergeant as a partner unless you're into that kind of thing. Unless that's your kink, you know? And no one wants a drill sergeant as a friend in a summer house. That is not fun, Silas. And that is certainly not fun, To watch, which is why every single week for the past eight weeks on a Sunday, people have been roasting your ass on social media. And I'm not saying that I believe that Jasmine and Silas should leave the show. I do not believe that they should be fired because truth be told, they are the Kyle and Amanda of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I want Jasmine and Silas to come back. I'm just hoping that Silas takes a look at himself across the season and makes the necessary changes to become a better person, not just for himself, but to his wife, for his marriage, and damn, for us viewers, so we can tolerate watching you on season two. Because I do believe there's going to be a season two. How could they not give this show a season two, in my opinion? So we get to the second scene. Uh, This is the heritage walk, the history walk. And I have to say, I really appreciate this heritage walk. I appreciate the fact that production and this cast made it a priority to understand the significant history that exists between the black community and Martha's Vineyard, a history that many of us weren't even aware of. Like, this is not just a random group of friends that happen to be in a summer house on Martha's Vineyard. 
everything about the season, everything about this show thus far has been intentional. And I appreciate the production company and Bravo for that. I also have to mention that I gave you guys the wrong information maybe last week or the week before. I said that Massachusetts was the first state to abolish abolish slavery. I was wrong. It was Pennsylvania. They did it first in 1780, and then Massachusetts did it in 1783. So Massachusetts was the second state to abolish slavery. But the funny moment in this heritage walk is when this tour guide mentions this book, that I have never heard of, written by Dorothy West called The Wedding, because I guess they stopped by her former house, and the cast was like, I do not know that woman. Never heard of The Wedding. Never heard of this movie. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But apparently, Halle Berry was in the movie adaptation of this book, The Wedding. I love me some Halle Berry. I've loved me some Halle Berry since she played Sharon Stone in the Flintstones live action movie. When I used to live in Puerto Rico, I lived on a military base and we had like a grocery store on the military base where you could like rent. I don't know if it was DVDs or maybe VHS, VHS at the time. This was like 2001, 2002. So I, I think it was probably a DVD. And almost like every week I would go to the grocery store and rent the Flintstones live action movie because I loved it so much. And talking about it kind of makes me want to watch the movie. So I might do that this weekend or tonight. Um, But we get back to the house and the cast is getting ready for the finale party. And poor little Silas can't find his steamer to steam his suit. Jasmine literally hurries back into the house. Like, so much so, when she walked back into the house and she walked down the hallway through the foyer, through the foyer, foyer, whatever you want to call it, uh, she literally, like, glances upstairs as if, like, Silas is waiting on the top of the stairs for his suit to be steamed by Jasmine. And Silas is complaining about why Jasmine would even fathom leaving the house when it would give him so little time to get ready for this finale party. Silas, you are a grown-ass man. You are an able-bodied human being. Steam your own damn clothes. What? And Jasmine is like, I prepared your meal for you. And Silas is like, because I believe Jasmine started prepping Silas's meal. Jasmine asks Amir to finish it and take care of it. Um, And then I guess, like, Jasmine had the expectation that Amir was going to give Silas his food. You know, and Amir could have been like, yo, Silas, your food's ready. It's in the microwave. And Silas is like, Amir is not going to bring him his food. Men don't bring each other food. And I personally would like to know the title of this book where Silas gets these crazy rules for men. I would like to know where I can find these books. This book, not these book, this book, excuse me. Like, where does he come up with these crazy rules of how men are supposed to operate and how men are supposed to be, like, I guess, served in a marriage? Let me tell you something. I have been on boys trips. I've hung, I've stayed over the night over one of my friend's house. I've made breakfast the next morning. And I gave my friend 
his plate of food, made his plate and gave him the food. I did not feel less than as a man. Like, we're friends. We're bros. Like, if you... I I don't even need to explain this anymore. I'm moving on. I, I don't know why I'm trying to explain Silas to anyone. Silas cannot be explained. So we move on to the finale party. And, you know, the vibe is right. Listen, Nick did a great job curating this party, setting everything up. This was a great party. It was a mature party. It wasn't like a blowout. It wasn't a banger. You know, it wasn't a rager. It was a mature finale party. So Alex surprises Nick with his girlfriend, which I think was plotted with production for some mess and some drama. I don't think Alex was like, let me invite Nick's girlfriend. I think that's too random for Alex to come up with. But Simon's, <laughs> Simon, listen, Simon is ready for a party everywhere he goes. Simon decides to get the party started by jumping in the pool. And even though I appreciate Simon's enthusiasm, I think it was a little too early in the night to jump in the pool. Because, like, everyone was like, um, why is Silas jump? not Silas, why is Simon jumping in the pool in this nice suit? <laughs> no one's at this level of turn yet. So then Bria decides to go back into the house to look for Simon because Simon went upstairs to change out of his wet clothes because he jumped in the pool. And Bria decides to reroute her trip to the couch because that's where Nick's girlfriend is. And she decides to go sit down and stir up some mess. (laughs) And do you do I think Bria did it on purpose to cause some drama? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. And I appreciate it. Even though Bria maybe did not get what she was expecting from Nick's girlfriend. And maybe production probably didn't get what they were expecting from Nick's girlfriend. Oh, sorry. My stomach just growled. I haven't. Listen, I'm supposed to be eating four meals a day, 400 calories per meal. I know I just like took, uh, you know, a sharp right turn onto another subject. But, you know, I missed my last meal and I'm probably going to, after I finish recording this, you know, put myself an ahi tuna steak on the skillet and have that with some uh, Brussels sprouts. Sounds good. (laughs) I can't wait. So, um, like I said, Bria goes uh, to have a conversation with Nick's girlfriend. Bria lets Nick Nick's girlfriend know that Nick did not let the house know that Nick had a girlfriend until around week two. But Nick's girlfriend did not fall for that trap. She let it be known that she trusts her man and she has no issues with it. Then Bree and Simon get into it because at some point Simon is not watching Milo. Um, listen, I gotta, I gotta agree with Simon, Bria. Simon is not your butler. Like it, 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 it's slightly disrespectful. I understand that Bria, you were a cast of this house, and I guess you're expected to uh, fully participate in the festivities that are going on on this night. And I, I assume Bria's expectation is her man, her boyfriend, Simon, while she is participating in this finale party, that Simon would take a step back, get in the back seat and watch after Milo. But Simon's like, no, 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 no. I'm not your butler. Do not disrespect me like this. I'm worth more than just watching your dog. 
And then Bria and Simon have to go take a step outside. And Bria's outside yelling, you're bugging right now. You're bugging. Snap back into reality. <laughs> I don't know why I found that whole conversation uh, hilarious. But, you know, Bria was talking to Simon like uh, he was her child and not her equal and not her boyfriend. I just want to point that out. But basically, Bria is like, you're a guest in my house and you need to leave. And Bria storms in the house and she's like, Simon needs to leave. Um, Bria, this is not your house. This is not your trip. This is not your show. Like Bria just want anyone that she doesn't get along with. She's like, she got to go. They got to go. He got to go. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. I hope I don't have to pay for that. Um, I probably shouldn't have. Listen, I've sang Beyonce on this show. (laughs) And luckily, the show's not big enough for uh, Parkwood Entertainment and Columbia Records to come to me and be like, you need to write a check for singing two verses of a Beyonce song. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. So Summer, um, for some strange reason, tries to intervene and tries to help Simon see the light. Uh, But Summer, this is not your battle, girl. The battle is not yours. It is uh, Bree and Simon's. Bria is upset. She calls her mom to complain about Silas. <laughs> about si- every time I want to say Simon, I say Silas. Bria calls her mom to complain about Simon. And once again, Bria's mom does not take her side. <laughs> Bria's mom did not take her side when Shanice was in the hot tub, but naked with Simon. Bria's mom is not on Bria's side when it comes to this conflict with Simon. (laughs) I take it Bria's mom knows exactly who her daughter is. But then where things go left is Summer decides to go upstairs to mediate the conflict between Bria and Simon. Girl, Summer, this is not your battle. Excuse me. A burp just came out. This is not your battle. There's a lot going on here. A lot going on. (laughs) But like in an attempt to help, Summer made matters worse and, you know, started getting a little buck and then started reaching for Bria, I guess, pushed her a little bit. And, you know, everyone wants to put their hands on Bria. I agree with Bria. Why does everyone think that they can try her like that? Like, keep your hands to yourself. But let me tell you something. I learned in this moment, don't mess with Bria, because although Bria is a quarter pint, it took several people to hold her back. Several. You have producers in there, man and woman. You had cast members trying to hold Bria back. I felt like Bria was going to jump over the landing and try to tackle Summer from the second floor. Like this is WWF. Bria was ready. She was ready to rumble, but I'm glad it didn't go that far. I'm glad it didn't. And then basically, Simon got sent to the doghouse, also known as the couch downstairs in the basement. And then here we go. Silas starts silencing again. 
Jasmine, you know, they're having a conversation. I guess they're in the bed or winding down for bed, taking off clothes. And Jasmine's like, I don't want to hear a word from you right now, Silas. And Silas is like, I know you're not talking to your husband like that. Why is he talking about himself in a third person? Because he is the husband. Silas is like, I know you're not talking to your husband like that. I know you're not talking to your husband like that. And maybe, yes, Jasmine could have spoken to him in a better way. But at this point, if I were Jasmine, I would have said a lot worse. I would have thrown all his stuff out the window at this point. And I just feel like Silas expects any woman that he's married to. Oh, sorry. I just like fumbled my words. I think Silas expects any woman that's married to him to be subservient, to be submissive, and pretty much a concubine for him. If you don't know what a concubine is, look it up. I learned this word. I've heard this word before, but uh, Candace Dillard Bassett from the Real Housewives of Potomac uh, used this word maybe two, three seasons ago to describe Ashley Darby and her relationship with her now or soon to be ex-husband, uh, the gross and nasty Michael Darby. Uh, so that's where I got concubine from. Thank you very much. So we get to the next morning. And what I love is that Bria and Summer talk. They make amends. Summer takes responsibility for her actions in intervening in a couple's conflict that she had no business intervening in. And I have to say that overall, I've been very impressed by this group's emotional maturity. I respect the fact that these two could come together the next morning after almost coming to blows to talk about the issue because they love and they respect each other. It's just that easy. And yes, a friend might piss you off. You might be mad for a day. You might be mad for a week. You might be mad for two weeks, max. But when you choose to drag out drama by not acknowledging the actual issue, it no longer becomes about what you're mad about. It becomes about your own ego. It becomes about your bruised ego. And the feeling that you need to teach someone a lesson. But guess what? School is not in session all year long. Now, there are exceptions to this. And that is if a friend does something so bad, so unforgivable, that you need actual time to process things because you might decide that you no longer want to continue with this friendship. That, that I understand. So I have to give a shout out to Bria and Summer and honestly, mostly everybody on this cast for for being able to have conflict and within an instant, be able to discuss it, squash it and move on. That is what you call emotional responsibility. That is what you call emotional maturity. And I think many of us around the world, whoever you are, you might not, you might know someone, whether a fam, a, oh, why am I, why can't I talk? You might know someone, whether it be family or a friend. Listen, I know, I know someone. <laughs> they could take a page out of some people's book on the show, but I won't get into that. So, yes, I appreciate the fact that Bria and Summer were able to squash things. Um, 
It's sad that the show the show is over. We're not going to get Summer House until around this time next year. I assume there's going to be a season two of the show. Um, apparently, they filmed the season September of last year, which kind of makes sense because it's probably the end of peak season of Martha's Vineyard. Because you know when the when the when the cast went out to the club, the bar, the restaurant, it wasn't like you know it wasn't packed. It wasn't crowded. You didn't see like a a summer rush, a summer crowd like you see on Summer House in the Hamptons. So they probably got this house at a better rate off season, off peak season, probably beginning of September where it's not too cold and it's not hot. So I assume this cast will be filming season two in September again and we'll probably get season two of Summer House Martha's Vineyard around this time in 2024 and I look forward to it I really hope that they bring Mariah back and give her a second chance I really hope that maybe they give Phil a second chance this show really needed a reunion there was too much to discuss for there not to be at least a one-part reunion but you know I do not run Bravo that's those aren't my decisions to make but I really, really enjoyed the season. Shout out to the whole cast. Uh, Jasmine, Silas, yes, them. Jordan, Bria. Amir, Nick, Alex. Summer, Jason, and Shanice. And even Mariah. And even Phil. Because, you know, even though Phil lasted in the house for five hours, he still gave us something. He still came in the house drunk. Drinking out a bottle of Don Julio 1972 and 1942, whatever the name of that tequila is called. So I appreciate everyone's contribution to this season. And I hope we get to see everyone again next season. Well, that's it for this episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Again, I appreciate you guys listening to the show, supporting the show, subscribing. Um, I ask that you continue to do Ooh, continue to do do, continue to do that. Uh, continue to support. Shout us out. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell everyone about the podcast because it it truly helps. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Bravo T with Jared B, and you can follow us on Twitter at Bravo T with JB. And. That's all the Bravo tea I have for you today. I love you for listening. And until next time, have a good night or have a good day. Whenever you decide to listen to this episode, have a good one. How about that? Peace out. Bye.